Have kids, they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I'll be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast, and I'm super excited for today's guest. We have Lisa Peterson here. Hey, Lisa. Hey, how are you, Sabrina? Oh, so good. Thanks for being here. I'm going to read your bio, and then we're going to jump right in to today's topic, which I won't give away until we start. Sounds good. Awesome. So Lisa is a social media coach who is passionate about helping female business owners shine online with social media plans that are smart, simple, and stress-free. Lisa left the corporate marketing world nine years ago to work as a freelance social media consultant and community manager and loves being her own boss, as we all do. (laughs) She has had the honor of appearing as a speaker and panelist on the topic of social media and blogging at various conferences. She lives in Toronto with her husband, two kids and dog who are all huge Marvel and star Wars fans. Amazing. Well, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And I'm excited for today's topic because I wasn't sure how it was going to go. You know, we've worked together in the past on, Mm -hmm. you know, mompreneur stuff and, you know, panels uh, talking with business owners about their social media but I think today it's a really great transition for us to talk about, you know, kids and social media, because it's actually something I'm coming up against right now in my personal life, having a 13 year old son. And I know your kids are, you know, tweens as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> or- my oldest is turning 13 in a few months. So yeah. we're, we're in the thick of it. Yeah. Totally. The, the struggle is real. I, I had no idea, you know, we've tried so hard not to, put him in a bubble, but absolutely to protect him from social media and, and what it means. Right. And I've been reading some mm-hmm. horror stories online and talking with other parents and it, it's kind of an epidemic, right? Like it's, it's an addiction and yeah. it's certainly different from how things used to be. So I'd love to sort of jump in and get your opinion on that a little bit, because I think it's really interesting. Sure. So where do we start? I think, you know, what about the, what about social media should we allow our kids into and how do you help cultivate a healthy online presence and sort of like, what does it all mean? Right? Sure. So, I mean, first off as parents, the big role that we play, I think is to, uh, to model good behavior for our kids and just what we would like to see them do. This isn't always easy, as we all know. I mean, I find myself on social, scrolling away, you know, at bedtime while my kids, they're nine and, and almost 13. And so they get themselves ready for bed. But I do go up and I tuck them in and I read with the younger one. And it's really difficult sometimes to stop myself if I'm just having a few minutes to myself. And before I know it, it's a half an hour and I've scrolled, you know, through Instagram. So we're all human. We all, you know, fall prey to the addiction that is social media. But honestly, if we do really just take a moment to think when we're on it, you know, are we modeling good behavior for our kids? That's really the first thing. Um, The second thing is, I mean, 
the way we teach our kids anything else, the ABCs, you know, good manners is really what we need to do when it comes to social media. We need to actually teach them how to use it. I think a lot of parents, you know, mean well, and they think, oh, I'm doing what's right for my kid by, you know, keeping them out of, you know, or not, you know, off of Instagram or not going on TikTok or whatever. But what they're not really getting, I think, and this is just my personal take on it, is that it's like anything else. If they're not taught how to properly use it, when they do finally get on social media, it's just going to be a nightmare or it could be a nightmare. Every kid is different, obviously, and every parent knows their child and what their, their characteristics are, you know, if they're prone to kind of being addicted to it or if they really couldn't care less, uh, you know, about being on social. But um, just in general, it's just really important to teach our kids how to properly use it. So teach them the etiquette around being on social media. If, you know, I always tell my kids, if you wouldn't say something to someone's face, then you shouldn't say it on social media. And that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty common sense, pretty much commonsensical. But a lot of parents, like I said, it's if they don't actually tell their kids that this is what they need to do, the kids might not actually get that. They might not understand that. So like I said, the same way we teach them their ABCs, we need to, you know, actually participate in actively teaching our kids how to use it. Um, And when I do use social, a lot of times I'll share if I find inspirational posts or, you know, articles that really make me think or opinion pieces, um, I share them with my kids. Sometimes I even cry when I'm reading them with them. They're really emotional pieces. A lot of them are, you know, um, you know, they could be around anything from, you know, treating others with kindness to a post about checking white privilege to, I mean, almost anything. And I find if I share those kinds of things with my kids, they can see how powerful social can be. And so that's also a really great way to kind of introduce them to it as they see the good that it can do and try to show them that it should be used for positive purposes and to try to stay out of the negativity. Yeah. I love that. And it's, it's so true because we've seen this all before, right? It's, it's just another thing to add to the list of rebellions, right? right. It, it used to just be sort of, you know, oh, oh, alcohol and partying and right. bullying and those kind of things. But it's, it's just another layer because this didn't exist when we were younger, right? Well, right. I, speak, I speak for myself. It didn't exist. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> yeah, no, it didn't exist back then, you know, not to, to age us here. But honestly, like this whole social media thing is fairly new, and it's just one more thing that we have to, to look out for. But I really, I like that sort of modeling behavior and also, you know, not, not making it about demonizing it or being wrong, but teaching them proper etiquette and proper skills around using social media. Right. So my and son can be positive, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, my son's 13. Um, you know, he'll be 14 in a couple of months and definitely Instagram was a thing. I think Instagram's like, so last year or something now is what I heard the kids say. (laughs) But now it's, as you said, TikTok and there's all these new ones, Snapchat. And, you know, I I don't know how to teach him to properly use those platforms because I don't use those platforms. So how do you, how do you recommend parents sort of manage the unknown if, if they're not into those things, right? Like we, I try to give him his privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't, we have rules and we have boundaries around screen time, but mm-hmm. I don't, you know, go into his private things. I don't really keep track of what he's viewing because we say, you know, we trust you. So right. as long as that trust isn't broken, we'll allow you to have that time. But how do you sort of 
like without pushing or, you know, making them upset and rebel against it? How do you sort of like work that into it when you don't really know? (laughs) Hmm. Well, okay. So I know every family deals with this in a different way. Now we started our kids um, a little bit younger than some families do. Not, I'd say, you know, as early as I've seen other families, but again, it's to each their own, right? Different house, different rules. Um, But we've always said to our kids, and of course, remember when we started this, they were probably like seven and uh, maybe six and a half and like nine. The six and a half year old didn't really care at that point about anything on social, but, and really doesn't love it now. But the, the older one probably started her when she was about nine, allowing her to text with with friends and uh, family that we approved, like the friends we approved and, and any of her family that wanted to reach out on um, like iMessage, like on her, her device, her tablet, her iPad. So we just put rules around that. And so growing up in that, the rule has always been your devices, the devices you use are owned by us and full transparency. We have a right to do spot checks. And I've already explained to her, I'm not checking what you're writing. I'm checking to make sure, for example, and she sees me do this even now when she's almost 13 and I log her into Instagram because I I administer that account because she's not old enough yet to own it. Um, Even to this day, when I log her in there, she knows I do the first check when she's logged in. And so what I do is I check, you know, message requests who wants to reach out to her. And I'll, I'll say to her, do you know this person? Do you know this person? What is this person about? And she'll tell me and I get to kind of briefly just check through to make sure it's nothing untoward. You know, you don't want someone reaching out and she knows the reasons why Uh, we've been very transparent with her about, you know, stories in the news, things that have actually happened about predators online and just the bad things that can happen. And I know a lot of parents don't want to kind of share that negativity with their kids and scare them. But I found that it's, at least for my child, the oldest, it's really, and even the youngest, even though he gets, he might be a little more scared by it. It is really important to be honest with them about what can happen. So um, we do that. And the first check is always mine. And even now, occasionally, you know, she's got that tween angst going on a little bit and she'll say, you know, that's my private stuff. And I say to her, I'm not looking at what you're writing. I'm looking at who's reaching out to you. And just to make sure the interactions are positive and it's nothing that shouldn't be happening online. Yeah. So she knows that. And she'll even say to me, Oh, I know, you know, it's just, I get a little bit, you know, when I think that you're looking in my stuff and I go, but you also know that it's full, full transparency. This is our device. Yeah. So not that I do look because I've never been given a reason. Um, yep. Like you said, if they don't give you a reason to mistrust, then you don't. And that's what my daughter, I always tell her as well, but she knows that I have to do that. So that's kind of how we've always approached it as the devices are ours. We always do a first check to make sure that it's safe. And she's been really good about coming to me. If anything has ever popped up that has seemed inappropriate, even at first glance, she'll bring it to me and say, Hey, I don't know what this is. Can you check it out? And I feel like because we've been really open and honest and very transparent from the beginning with what our role is and what we will be doing on her devices when she's not on them herself, um, there's still that trust there and she will come to us if something is, is not quite right. Yeah, no, I think that's really great advice. And in all aspects of parenting, honestly, I found honesty is the best policy. I mean, like you said earlier, Definitely. modeling behavior, right? If we're mm-hmm. lying to them or faking things or telling them things that aren't true, then they see that behavior because they're not 
they know, right? They're smart. They're smarter. Too. Yeah, they're <laughs> smarter than we give them credit for. And, and they know. So I think just open honesty, all of those things is absolutely the best way to deal in any situation. And it is difficult having a teenager. You know, I remember being one. I was a difficult for one sure. for my parents too. I and was as well. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just important to, you know, that we as parents remember what that was like and work mm -hmm. with them and treat them as equals, treat them as, you know, we would our, our peers. So they know right. that we, we trust them. And until right. they give you reason not to. So a funny example is last night, my son brought his iPad to bed, which is not part Allowed. of the boundaries or the <laughs> yeah. rules around it. And we recently moved to a farm, so our internet's not very good. So I, I could tell that there was another device going off in the house. Mm -hmm. So I, I said to my husband, I'm like, I have to go and check because I think something fishy's going on. He's like, you know, how, how do you know this? Like, how do you feel? <laughs> and there was just this funny energy. So anyway, sure enough, I go in and he was pretending to sleep and it was hidden under his blankets and all this stuff. And, you know, I was like, buddy, this is not part of our rules. This is how, you know, it affects the trust. Every time you lie, it makes me think you're hiding something. And what do you, what are you hiding? Mm -hmm. So now I have to go in and check and make sure yeah. because, you know, we're very clear about, we, we also own the devices and you're not old enough to have an account and all of this kind of stuff. So, and, you know, he was just like playing with friends on TikTok. I don't even really know what the terminology is on TikTok, but it's like little videos. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, totally innocent, totally harmless. But it was the fact that he broke the trust and he right. understands and, you know, it's a work in progress. So we laughed it off and he's like, oh, I got caught and busted. And that was the first time <laughs> I've done that. And, you know, oh, so, but, he, but he knows, he knows that we're smarter than he gives us credit for and mm -hmm. vice versa. Like we, we know that he's smarter than we think. So it, yeah, it's we, definitely a mutual trust and relationship. For sure. Yeah. For sure. We have that rule in our house as well, where the, the, devices live in our mudroom cubbies. So there's a charging oh, nice. port in every cubby that belongs nice. to each person in the family. And it's gotten to be a thing. I mean, if it's, if I don't see the phone down there, um, yeah. it gets taken away the next day, yep. you know, a whole day gone. And it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, you don't want to have to be the bad guy, but you got to be the bad guy. So it's got to be consistent. They have to know what those boundaries are. And, um, you know, as with any other kind of parenting, right, consistency and the boundaries are really what makes kids or what make kids feel safe and that they can count on something, you know, they can count on mom and dad or parents being, you know, consistent with one rule in one area and then the same rule in, in the digital space as well. Yeah. So absolutely. I, I just think that's so important. And honestly, you mentioned earlier, you know, like I am guilty of it too. You know, I have a digital business an online business. So I'm often on social media for work. I'm doing yeah. like air quotes here mm -hmm. um, because you know, it is part of my job, but how do you explain that to a 13 year old? Well, I'm, I'm working. He's like, no, you're not. You're scrolling Instagram. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's my work. <laughs> it's like, it's hard to explain. So I think putting boundaries on my own digital presence and screen time. So I saw, I read a post actually funny enough. It was a post I read it a while back about, um, you know, I, I don't believe in new year's resolutions, but I mm -hmm. do believe in setting intentions and making changes and creating actionable steps and goals mm -hmm. for the next year ahead. 
And I think one of mine is going to be doing that for, for myself, you know, screen time ends at eight 30 or whatever time that is. And then doesn't start again till eight 30 the next day. So like a 12 hour, um, I think in this post, she called it, um, intermittent fasting, but digital fasting, it. right? So it's like, <laughs> But, you know, we do the same thing with our food intake or, you know, we drink more water and do all these things. But, you know, I think it's important for a clear head. Like there's tons of studies that prove this, you know, at least an hour before bed, removing screens and then, right. you know, not, not having it be the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning either. Right. Totally so, agree with you. Yeah. And that plays into the addiction. You know, how can we ask our children to not do something that we're doing? Right. right. It'd be the same with smoking. I mean, smoking's so taboo now, but if we were sitting here smoking, going, don't smoke, smoking's right. wrong, smoking's <laughs> bad. How, how do you, you can't. It's so hypocritical, right? It is. You can't, you can't ask that right. of them. So right. I'm, I'm going to be trying that in the new year. And that's one of my intentions is to be more intentional with my, my screen time. So when I do spend time on social media or online, it's with an intention and a purpose of what I'm doing. That's, that's a good idea. That's definitely something I would suggest as well. It's really good, even if, you, if your kids are old enough to have things like family meetings, to set times when no one's on. So yeah. that's part of the etiquette thing as well, right? Like it's a piece, a piece of that, um, of that, that skill that you're training your children to, uh, to be able to understand when it's appropriate to be on, you know, maybe, you know, not at the dinner table, not in a restaurant. I mean, unless, you know, they're always you know, other extenuating circumstances. If you have little kids and they've already been sitting quietly and eating and you've, you've been engaging for an hour, you know, that was always kind of our thing is when our kids were really little, if they've been sitting nicely for an hour eating and engaging with us, then they can have the device if we're waiting for the bill or whatever. So anything, you know, those kinds of, of uh, teachings are really important. And if, like I was saying, if you, have a, you can have a family meeting, you can come up with rules that the whole family abides by which is good for mom and dad. And it's good for kids because then they feel like they have a say in yeah. what's happening digitally in the house. So it's not just them that has to get off. Everybody's off, which is really, really a good, uh, a good kind of behavior to model and for everyone to stick to. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to the addiction piece, what do you, th what are your thoughts on that? Like what makes it so addictive, right? What, what makes it addictive and what, what do you recommend as a good age to, you know, start our children on social media? I know you'd mentioned that your, your youngest was six and a half, you know, what's, what's the proper etiquette around that and keeping right. them safe? Yeah. So when I was saying the youngest was six and a half and the oldest was nine, it was more that I was showing the nine-year-old kind of um, what I do on social. I mean, they always kind of saw, you know, mommy on social because that's what I've been doing ever since my oldest was like almost four. Yeah. So from a very young age, I would explain to them, as you mentioned earlier, you know, like in air quotes, mommy's working and it is true, but they were really, they were really ingrained in that because it was from such a young age. So it did take quite a few years for them to figure out it actually was working because, you know, their little brains don't really understand the difference. They just see me on my phone. Um, but then when I would show them, you know, a spreadsheet or <laughs> something really not fun on my phone that I was working on, they started to kind of really understand. So with the addiction piece, like I said, the younger one isn't really even ever on and he's, he's nine. Um, he'll go on, you know, to do FaceTime with his grandparents. Um, and that's not technically even social media. It's more of a social tool or a digital tool. 
but he's not really interested too much in that yet. Um, but he has been introduced to it. He knows what it is. Um, you know, he knows how I use it and how his sister uses it. Um, now his sister is the older one. And so she has been on for a while. Um, she has her own, um, kind of little business where she creates her own jewelry and sells it online. And she actually sells it in a local store as well. So I had set up a, uh, an Instagram account for her, which was completely run by me, but I would let her post or I would let her have say over, you know, like what the body text would be because it was it's meant to be in her own voice, but just obviously administered by me. So she's had that for a while, but um, it's always been where I own the password and login. Well, she knows the login, but I own the password to that account. Um, again, full transparency. She knew that when I created the account. And so now it's very much um, a tool where she'll ask if she can log in once she's done her chores and she's taken care of you know, the dog or her homework, whatever needs to be done. And um, she'll ask for some time on that, on that platform. Um, so that helps kind of keep the social addiction <laughs> a little bit at bay because I own the password to that. Um, now I know that will change as she gets older. Obviously it's, it's not up to me to, to keep it indefinitely. Um, but she doesn't also, she does also know the reason why I have the password. Yeah. Um, and we've talked at great length about why it's important because even now when I ask her to log out, um, you know, it's still a, a it's still a challenge to get her to do that sometimes. But again, I have to remember, like you were saying earlier, we have to remember how we were at that age, you know, um, they just want a little bit of autonomy, a little bit of independence, you know, uh, messaging on Insta with their friends or whatever they're doing. And so I, I understand that. And I try to be um, not lenient, but I try to give her a little bit of space, especially if she's been doing everything she needs to be doing for school and, and, um, and chores at home. So um, that's one way. The other way, like we talked about setting boundaries, um, for home use for everybody in the home that doesn't always fly. It's a little bit tougher sometimes, <laughs> especially if one of us, like one of the parents, my husband or I have to be online for work for some reason yeah. or have to check email. Um, honestly, it's just making sure I think that we kind of monitor the hours, which, uh, on, on which they're on social yeah. and then go from there. So screen time is a great tool on, on iOS. I know there are different Android apps. Um, we haven't gotten into that yet because my kids are on Apple devices, but um, you can also monitor, uh, like you're saying, your Wi-Fi, right? There are different tools. For example, Bell Internet, I know, has uh, a tool on their app where you can actually shut off the Wi-Fi mm -hmm. to certain devices. So that's a good way to do it as well. And then also just reminding them th of things like, um, this is a little bit, this is a little bit uh, of a scare tactic, but I remember telling my daughter, and this was the truth too, but um, that fires have been started with kids keeping their phones under their pillows, any kind of device, because it's smothered. Yeah. And so just, again, trying to be really real and honest with them and telling them what can happen yeah. if they try to do things that are not um, within the rules. So those yeah. are the kinds of things I think that I try to use, you know, the tools I try to use to keep addiction at bay. Yeah. I read a really interesting article. I think it was New York times, but they were talking about, they're comparing now to, I, I forget the year, but it was before all of this social media and devices and stuff. And there was a situation and it was this young boy, probably the age of our, our kids, our eldest. 
And it was this little boy who, you know, he took a drink at the water fountain and there was water on the ground and he slipped and he fell in the water and the water made his pants wet and he had to go and like change his pants into gym shorts. And it was showing how before social media and everything else that would have just gone unnoticed Mm -hmm. and that child would have gone unscathed. And now it showed what actually happened in this true story. And, you know, he, it was recorded it was made into a meme. It was reposted like a hundred thousand times. It was, he was bullied for it. He was made fun of for it. Um, you know, it totally destroyed his confidence and he like missed a bunch of school because he felt like he couldn't go back. So that's obviously an extreme case. You know, that doesn't happen every time somebody spills water, but what, what are your thoughts around like, how is social media changing bullying and you know how how we help our children navigate this very difficult age to begin with it's a good question so i luckily haven't been exposed to too much bullying online because i think of because i think of the fact that my daughter's um time on social is relatively limited um that doesn't mean she's not on enough, but she also isn't on a lot of different platforms. She also doesn't have um, texts on her phone. Like she doesn't have text functionality. Um, She has iMessages, which can only be done over Wi-Fi. So those kinds of things. And also because we have screen time implemented on, on her devices and it's, you know, we try to make it where we know who's contacting her via messages as well. So that's kind of locked down a little bit. Um, If someone else wants to reach out to her, that's fine. She just shows me and says, hey, I'm going to be messaging with this person. Is that okay with you? Just so that it's clear that I know who she's chatting with um, on messages. But as far as kind of random texts from people that, you know, would be able to normally contact her and and she wouldn't maybe know their, their name because it was just a phone number, that's kind of not in the picture for us. So that's kind of a good thing. Um, So because she's not been online, uh, she hasn't experienced online bullying like that, I always tell her um, whenever she does come across it, let's say if she sees a friend that's been bullied or even just a story like the one you mentioned, um, my kid's a really empathetic kid. So really all it takes for me is to say to her, wow, that must have felt really bad. And how, like, I wonder how you would have reacted to that if that was you that it happened to, or I try to put, you know, try to role play almost like, oh, wow, I wonder, you know, how would you have felt if that was you? Or how would you have felt if that was a friend who posted that? And I try to kind of um, have her look at it from all different sides, from the person who did it, from the person who it happened to, from the person who maybe stood, um, you know, on the sidelines, not saying anything, not standing up for that person or, or, you know, not saying to the person who is ready to post it, you know, I don't think you should post that. That's really unkind. So I know it sounds really simplistic, but I honestly think that this bullying stuff, whether it's online or in person, it really does start again with like what I, what I was saying before is teaching our kids. Yeah. Right. I think we're so caught up in the oh online bullying or online this online that but it is still bullying yes it's happening online but it's bullying so i think it's a matter of honestly taking our roles as parents super seriously and understanding what they're doing and when they do do something that's not in line with our values and, the, and with the, the values that they've been taught 
and that they, you know, really should know better uh, to, to not do those maybe unkind things or steal or whatever they've done that's wrong is for, you know, them to understand that there are consequences. I think that a lot of parents these days aren't, um, I don't know, I'm super old school, I guess. <laughs> I, guess. I think uh, it's just really important to like come down on them in a meaningful way. And yeah. I don't mean shaming. I don't mean like hitting. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about making them own what they've done. So um, that means, you know, writing a letter or whatever. Like, so I always, whenever my kids do something bad, for example, I always say to them, because they're old enough now to do this, I'll say, what do you think you should do to make it right? And yeah. so whether it's younger kids and you tell them, you know, I think you should write Jimmy a note and let him know you were sorry that you called him a name or, or when they're older and they can do it themselves, it's helping them come up with the strategy to fix something or to right a wrong when they've done that to someone else. And so it's the same, like I'll, like I said, it's the same online. If we're teaching our kids to not put anything online that's inappropriate that they wouldn't say to someone's face or even... In, you know, even if they would say it to their face, but they know it's wrong, you know, obviously they shouldn't do it. And it's just about teaching empathy as well. So yeah. um, when we see bullying online, you know, I'll point out to my daughter, wow, you know, that's really, you know, inappropriate. And then I'll ask her kind of like, what do you think is the worst thing about that? And have her identify, you know, what the things are that, wow, like I can't, and you know, she'll almost sometimes even get a little bit teary thinking of it and, you know, discussing it with me. Because it is something, I mean, she, you know, all kids get bullied at some point in their lives, or most kids do. So she remembers how that's felt. Yeah. And um, I think another thing to teach our kids is even if they're not the, um, the person that's being bullied, it's just as important to stand up for those that are um, yeah. and, and to be that one person that makes a difference in that that, that bullied person's life because they'll know that someone's on their side. So when it, whether it's online, you know, my daughter will see some, somebody say something rude online and she'll say, Hey, this is supposed, you know, she'll comment on Instagram. Hey, this is supposed to be a safe place, a safe yeah. space. And if you don't want to say anything kind, you're not welcome here. She will put that out there and she may not even know the person, um, you know, that had been attacked, but that doesn't matter to her because she knows what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. No, that's really good. I think that's so important. And we forget that, you know, social media, it's so easy to hide and pretend like it's not happening, but mm -hmm. it's, it's just another thing that we have to manage now as parents, right? It's, it's another layer. Exactly. And I see a lot of that, I think within my, my son's peer group, you know, is parents just sort of like pretending it's not there. You know, he's like, oh, well, my friends are allowed to be on Instagram until two in the morning. And, and I'm sure part of that is embellishment on his behalf. Like, well, my friends can do it. So why can't I? Right. I don't yeah. know how much of it is real, but then I do see, you know, his phone will have like a whole bunch of messages that came in between bedtime and morning time. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe he's not completely fabricating this like some parents either they don't care or they don't know mm -hmm. or more likely so what can we say to those parents who maybe just don't don't know right that don't have an right. understanding of what social media is because some of us are like super old school and not in the digital space for work and just don't understand it you right. know how how can we support the parents that 
don't have a, a strong understanding of social media? You know what? I, th- I would tell those parents and I do, I do tell my friends, some of them, I mean, have a, a, a cursory kind of knowledge of social media and they kind of know what's happening, but they don't really kind of know the nitty gritty of some of the applications, the software their kids are using, the platforms. So what I always say to them is, you know, ask your kid what they're doing, but ask it in a really interested, genuine, kind of authentic way. Like, hey, um, you know, Jill, like, what are you working on? Or like, what are you looking at? Like, this is so interesting. I'd love to know more about it. But like, in a really, in a way that makes them really think you want to, because you do, because you, as a parent, you should want to know what your kids are doing, even if it's not, you don't want maybe to know the minutia of who they're talking with exactly. And you know, what conversation, you know, they're talking about some, you know, the latest meme or whatever that just came (laughs) out, but to understand what the platforms are, how they're interacting with their peers and what the vibe is from that group. So you know, I'll, you know, go on, if my daughter's on Instagram, I'll say, Hey, who are you chatting with? And sometimes she'll pull the phone away because she wants to, you know, it's private or whatever. But sometimes they say, no, like, really, I'm not going to get mad. I just, I'm curious. Like, what do you guys talk about on there? And often if they don't feel threatened, they'll tell you. Yeah. Like, you know, if you say, Hey, show me how to use TikTok. Usually they will be very happy to tell you yeah. how they use TikTok because they're showing you something you don't know. And how often does that happen? Yeah. Right. Usually it's the parents that know more than the kids. So I feel like if you just appeal to them on a really real kind of the same level as they are at and not acting like you know more than they do, then they'll be much more apt to tell you what they're working on or what they're looking at. And you'll be able to, you know, work on that part of your relationship with them where they'll feel more open to telling you. Um, As far as the parents kind of maybe even supporting each other, maybe even, you know, getting together for coffee once a month and just talking about what the kids are doing. Because sometimes one parent will hear something and say, oh, I heard my kid was on that, but I don't know anything about it. And there's a really good opportunity for knowledge sharing there. Um, You know, even, I mean, I'm a social media coach and I do this, but parents come to me and say, you know, can I have a consult for an hour just to find out how to use these tools? Like if if their child doesn't really want to tell them, they want to get brushed up, you know, their knowledge on what's going on. So at least they have a little bit of knowledge that they can talk to their kid about it. So their kid doesn't think they're completely out of the loop. So any, any of those um, strategies, I think work pretty well. Um, Like I said, it's, you know, we talked about trusting your kid, right? But a lot of it has to do with teaching and knowing that they're, that they've got the best intentions when they're going online and let them know what you expect of them. You know, your expectations are high. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, Lisa, thank you for being here. I think that's incredible. So is that a service that you offer then? You do consults for parents on how to to learn the basics. (laughs) Right, right. So I I mean, I coach, um, you know, business owners and stuff, but I mean, being a mom, I've spoken to so many of my friends and they've even said, you know, we should get together where we have you come and do group coaching for a night for parents. Um, And I do do that one-on-one or in groups the same way as I would do corporate training. So Um, it's just super helpful, I think, to not feel like you're in the dark, right? As long as you feel like you're armed with a little bit of knowledge, then you can be a better parent and know kind of what you're talking about when you're, when you're discussing these things with your kids. 
No, I think that's so valuable. Well, thank you so much for being here. If people want to check you out or find you, we'll put all of your links in the show notes. But is there, where do you hang out the most? Is it Instagram? Is it TikTok? <laughs> no, you know what? Actually, my kid doesn't even have TikTok. That's one of the things I'm like, oh, I'm a little scared of that one. Um, no, I'm on Instagram and um, Facebook at uh, Lisa Peterson Media. Um, and then I also have my good old fashioned blog handle, which is my personal handle. And that's more like family stuff and fun stuff. And that's at Fab Frugal Mama. So any Amazing. one of those places would be great to uh, awesome. check me out. Well, I will put all of the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here and for taking the conversation that direction. I think I, like I said, we've spoken before on sort of a corporate uh, coaching level, but that was so nice to, you know, empower the parents with some tools to help their kids navigate this crazy world of social media. So thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome. All of your wisdom and yeah, so, so lovely having you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey mama, I see you. You're overwhelmed. You're feeling the weight of the invisible mother load. You're tired. I'm Sabrina Greer, and I'm a clarity coach and motivational speaker for moms. I can't even begin to tell you how many of my clients say, well, I'm just a mom, insinuating that somehow they have to stop at that. They aren't good enough, strong enough, brave enough, worthy enough for more. Maybe time is your crutch, money, resources, help. I'm here to tell you that you don't have to pick sides. You can be an amazing mom and live the life of your dreams too. Whether it's a blog, a business, a podcast, that book you've been wanting to write, perhaps you don't even know just yet. This 12-week program will help you discover or reignite your innermost passions and give you a blueprint for stepping into your next level self without jeopardizing your family. Learn how to create and design the life of your dreams in the pockets of time we have amidst the chaos of motherhood. I'm here to tell you, you are more than just a mom. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sabrina Greer, your host, and you've been listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. You can follow us at YGT Mama and join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram to get more information on the stories we share here, our community, our books, or the blog. Head on over to www.ygtmama.com. You can also access the show notes there. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your daily listen and subscribe to the tribe. Rate and review this podcast. That helps keep us alive and we deeply value every review. I would like to thank the production team and Megan Krumpetich, our producer, for making this happen. Thank you so much to all of you for giving us your ear. We hope you tune in next week. But in the meantime, please remember, you've got this, Mama.